Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Just a couple of quick letters that I want to read really fast. Uh, Hello, Pastor Tim Brooks and team. Hope you're having a good week. I wanted to send out this letter to you to say thank you very much for your messages. I'm always inspired to hear the word that you're willing to share. One thing that I really enjoy is how you can take something that is very complex and make it quite simple. I started listening to your podcast probably before 2016 uh, and have enjoyed them. I mean, we're talking about seven years. Keep up the good work. Continue to stand strong as you encounter opposition. Have a good day from Pennsylvania. Uh, Brian, we want to yell out to you. Thanks for a note of encouraging us all the way from Pennsylvania. Another letter that we got today, uh, Pastor uh, last week, Pastor Josh uh, wrote to Pastor Josh, Brother, your sermon titled Desperate and Deliberate just struck me like lightning and sparked light in my darkness when I thought I had no faith. It saved me from the wilderness. I've cried for an hour and feel like the message just rescued my lost, wandering soul. Desperate soul from hell. I'm a man who lost my identity in Christ. While I'm out on the road hauling cattle, and Pastor Tim will know of that life, the wide open, nonstop, bustle, outlaw-style reputation that this industry have, I've been a goer of church and known God's church my whole life, but until now... I had never deliberately, intentionally reached for him. I just want to say thank you and thank God for blessing you with that message. I've listened to y'all's podcast for a while now. And after today, I pray following and believing always feels this exhilarating and that I stay this hungry for Christ. Man, these are encouraging letters that we get. And I want you to know that. Uh, It's important that you know the letters that are coming in here from people that, I mean, that's a powerful testimony. Uh, Church, your giving makes all of that possible. Thank you for locking arms with us and helping fund what we do here is we reach people. You are a vital part of this, and and we're grateful. And and today, too, uh, whether you know it or not, uh, there's a lot of people. I'm, I'm talking up 15, 18, 20 people that are working to make all of this happen. It's not just one of us up here preaching, but we've got a whole sound pit and people working computers, all those back there on the lights, all the, I think, five different people running cameras. And whether you know it or not, but up on the second floor, we've got people upstairs right now mixing and working with all this as it's going out. So this is a big thing that we're undertaking. But look, I just wanted to read you some testimonies of it powerfully paying off. We're thrilled to have all of you joining us on our live stream and on our podcasts, our social medias, praying God's blessings on you. And we continue encourage you this isn't your church we're glad to feed you and encourage you but you get involved in a local church where you can support and give and be a part of the ministry there are you ready to receive the word today john chapter 14 verse 6 everybody turn to john chapter 14 verse 6 i want to make sure that our church has this verse memorized i want all the members of our church to have this verse memorized jesus said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Church, there's no ambiguity here. There's no alternate plans here. There is no room for other ways. 
There's no room for other truths. There's no room for other religions. There's no room for other paths. And, and I'm very puzzled. I, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. When a Christian church or, or when, a, when a Christian pastor takes it upon themselves to open up to other ideas when Jesus said, when Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Today I want to look at Jesus' words and the title of today's message, Jesus, the only way. Jesus said, I am the way. I want you to know something right up front, and you can write this down. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus is exclusive. And he's not a bigot, nor is he a hater of people. The next thing he says, I am the truth. Now, this started some 75 plus years ago. Liberal college professors started teaching no absolute truth and pounding that into a generation of young minds. And now, a generation later, we got a culture that thinks there's no absolute truth. And this couldn't be more absurd. This could not be more absurd. That truth is left up to each individual to decide for themselves. Church, if you will just simply jump off of a 10-story building head first, you will quickly experience absolute truth, regardless of what you personally feel about it, regardless of how you were raised or what you have been led to believe, regardless of what your friends all believe that are on your Facebook or on your TikTok page. I'm just telling you, when you jump off, you'll deal with absolute truth. Jesus is foundation to absolute truth when he said, I am the life. I am the life. Let me just tell you, I love a new pickup. I love a new house. And I love a lot of money. I love lots of money. I love great vacations. But life is only found in Jesus. Life is, I don't care how many hundred dollar bills you have in your pocket. You will only find life in a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And you can just continue to buy new cars, continue to build new houses, looking for life. And you're only going to find life in Jesus because he is the life. Jesus is the life. I want to be very clear today. There's no doubt in my mind that you know a Buddhist, and she's a really nice lady, and she does your nails. No doubt you know a Muslim, and he's a really, really nice man. No doubt you know an atheist. Matter of fact, you play golf with him once a week, and he's a great guy. But if you equate being a Christian, going to heaven, having access to God with being nice, then you clearly don't know what Jesus said. You don't know what Jesus said. Getting to God is not based on being nice. Jesus says, I am the way. He didn't say being nice is the way. Everybody, please be nice. It's nice to be nice. You need to be nice. But that's not going to give you access to God. you got to understand this. Today, our culture is demanding that everybody be inclusive. And if you take a stand 
on any moral absolutes. If you say in your life, this is wrong, this is sin, then today you're attacked, you're labeled as being way too exclusive. You exclude people's lifestyle. And when you do that, you're judging people. And this is intolerant and unacceptable today. There's a demand on companies. There's a demand on businesses. There is a demand on churches. There's a demand on individuals. You have to be all-inclusive. And this is very foolish. It's very absurd. Jesus was exclusive. And you got to know, as a matter of fact, from the start, Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. How clear is that? God does not have an open mind to multiple ideas. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. I don't know how much more exclusive God could be. God does not reward creative alternatives to his plan. God is very specific, and he's very exact in his demands of all of us. And I want you to know this. I want you to think about from cover to cover of the Bible. God gave very specific plans to Noah about building that ark. It was not just up to Noah to do as he felt in his heart. God gave very specific plans to Moses about building the tabernacle, the place that he was going to dwell. It was not up to Moses just to do as he felt in his own heart to do. I mean, to think about it. God gave very detailed instruction in Leviticus about sacrifices and offerings. God did not accept any offering based on the heart of the worshiper. Genesis chapter 2. Correction, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. I I want everybody to see this. From the very beginning, when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought gifts of the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Underline this in your Bible. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. On and on, the message in God's Word is very loud and it's very clear. If you want to be in right relationship with God, then you will operate on His terms, not on your terms. God is exclusive. God is not inclusive. God is not tolerant. He's not tolerant at all. Let me just put this in modern terms. It's His way or the highway. That's the message of God's Word. I just happen to have read in the Bible what happens to false prophets who say, thus saith God, and God didn't sayeth. God's not tolerant, and you need to know that. I'm warning preachers today that want to build a mega church. They want to be popular with this culture. They want to fit in. You better stop misrepresenting God to his people. I've read about God's judgment And it's not lenient. Preachers have got to stop putting words in God's mouth. And you better teach what God said. 
God's clear on sin. God has never been tolerant. He's not okay, nor is he accepting of individuals' personal choice. God is very, very clear. And to be popular, for me to become a big-name preacher, I'm just going to have to tell you, I'm not going to lie about who God is, and I'm sure not going to lie about what God said. Here's what God said. John chapter 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And in our increasingly inclusive, tolerant, acceptant culture, this meets objection. And the church is going to have to stand up. The church is going to have to stand up. I've said it every message I've preached since September the 3rd, and I'll say it again. On September 3rd, Paul preached a message, guard your faith. Go back and listen to that message. If you will, Tim, I already have. We'll go hear it again. I want this church to guard our faith because that's what the church is called to do. We are to guard the faith in a culture. Today, I want to look at four main objections of this culture today. And all of us are going to face these. There is a right and a wrong with God. And as we stand on God's Word, as we stand on what God is very clear about, we are going to face some opposition. There are four basic oppositions that we're going to face, and I want to discuss those with us. I want to give you answers to what you're going to face as we guard our faith. Number one, if you claim that Jesus is the only path to God, you're going to be labeled as intolerant. And today, there's just no greater offense than being an intolerant person. First of all, I didn't say Jesus is the only path to God. Jesus did. Gee, well, Tim, you're just intolerant. I didn't say it. What you need to understand is, Jesus said that. All religions attempt to answer the very same question. What must a person do to be right with God? That, that's the basis of every religion. What must a person do to be in right relation with God? That is what religion centers around. And the answer is, here's how. Here's how. Well, when you say here's how... That is exclusive because it rules out all other ways. We in our society have moved from objective truth, it's just simple right and wrong, to subjective truth where every one opinion is right in their own eyes. There is a right and a wrong. Right here is the key to getting that door over there. Tim, I need in that door. You will need this key. Tim, I have a lot of good-looking keys in my pocket. Well, Tim, I, my mom gave me other keys. Well, Tim, a lot of my friends have other keys. If you want in that door, you're going to have to use this key. I'm not really concerned with what all your friends post about their keys on TikTok. If you want in that door, you're going to use this key. Tim, I need to run out in your truck and get something. 
I don't really care how many friends you have and how many beautiful keys they have, and I need to be very tolerant of all of your best friend's keys. If you want in my truck, here's the key. Here's the key. I don't really know how to respond to you except just a blank stare as you're telling me about all of your friend's keys. Here's the key. If you want in that truck, here's the key. And all other keys won't work. It's not up how you personally feel. How you personally feel, you may need some Pepto-Bismol for that. But if you want in my truck... We're not talking about how you were raised. Here's the key. Come on, we got to get this. If you want to open that door, you will use only this key. Well, personally, I feel all I can do is a blank stare because no other key will work. You're going to be called intolerant. You're going to be called narrow-minded. You're going to be called exclusive. You're going to be called, you're way too hard You're going to be called very insensitive. But if you want in heaven, if you want in God's presence, if you want the veil of the temple torn, and if you want contact with God, Jesus is the only way that that's going to happen because he is the way to God. And the reason that I'm not backing down on this is it's the only key that's going to get me in. The second objection that you're going to face as we guard our faith, if Jesus is the only way to be saved, there's an overwhelming number of people facing hell. How can, Tim, Tim, really, how can so many people be so wrong? You're going to hear that. You're going to hear that. This argument carries a lot of weight, particularly in our Western society. Because in our mindset in the West, the majority is usually right. The majority is usually right, and in our thinking, the minority is usually wrong. Well, according to Pew Research, 31% of the world's population is labeled as a Christian. The percentage of true followers of Jesus is minuscule to that 31%. And those who know that Jesus is the only way to the Father God is very small. How can so many sincere, good people be so wrong? The answer to that must be understood that human beings are born with a sin nature. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. How is it possible for so many to be wrong? It's because we are born wrong. No one teaches a child to kick, throw a temper tantrum, bite. No one teaches you how to steal. No one teaches a child how to lie. We are born. Everybody is, all mankind is born with a sin nature. That's how so many people can be so wrong. Fact is, Jesus crunched the numbers for us in Matthew 7. He said, the gate is broad that leads to destruction, and many enter it. The gate is narrow that leads to life, and few that find it. In other, way, 
In other words, the highway to hell is wide open and most are on it. Here's a sobering thought. Many on the path to hell are religious. In church. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father will enter. The fact that most people miss heaven does not negate the truth that it is exclusive to the way to heaven. In fact, this is, it proves it. In the Bible, the majority, this is going to be hard for Western thinking. In the Bible, the majority was always wrong. Matter of fact, thinking about the Hebrew nation, millions, the whole nation was wrong, and there wasn't but two that was right. Joshua and Caleb was the only two that was right. Well, how can the majority, and you saying those two are the only ones right and a million people are wrong? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Cover to cover, the Bible explains to us the majority is never right. I'm giving you answers for when your family and your friends come at you with how can so many people be so wrong. As we stand together, the third objection that you're going to face is all religions are basically the same. Each individual's experience and each individual's heart is what they should follow as we pursue different paths all to the same end. God only cares about a sincere heart, not a particular path. Well, that sounds great in a discussion. The Word of God just sees it quite different. The Bible is God's Word to us, and from cover to cover, we see one path, we see one way, and we see one God, and no, all religions are not the same. You can look worldwide, as we continue to talk about in this church, look at the fruit that that religion produces before you tell me all religions are basically the same. I've driven by the Methodist Hospital, I've driven by the a Baptist Cancer Research Center. I have never driven by the Buddhist Cancer Research Center. I have never driven by the Muslim homeless shelter. All religions are not the same. When a disaster happens worldwide, I don't see the Buddhist with a ship, but I do see the mercy ship. I do see the American Red Cross. I do see the Good Samaritans who are looking to help and to aid. Regardless of the nation, regardless of the belief, regardless of the people, all religions aren't the same. Christianity is alone different than all of them. Look at the fruit of every religion and what it produces in the culture that it's in. One religion preaches reincarnation, and we have trucks driving down the streets every day, throwing dead bodies of starvation over in the truck, while cows walk all over the street. And the reason you can't have a filet or a T-bone or a roast is because that might be your grandma. Just look at the religion and what it produces, and you're physically starving to death. Look at nations that do black magic and witchcraft. The worst poverty in the world in those nations. Look at the nations that follow Muhammad. Since its inception, go back and study the inception, the beginning of the religion. It feathers its cause by killing of infidels. Tim, dear Lord, you say this every week. You have preached on this every week from, I don't even know how long. I'm tired of you using these examples. To that accusation, I say, it is true. I do. 
and I will back off of this as soon as they back off telling me all religions are the same. When they stop telling me all religions are the same, and they start acknowledging Christianity is not the same as any other religion in the world, then I will stop talking about this. But as long as they continue, then we're going to continue. That's what's called guarding our faith. And we as a church are called to do this. Don't be foolish. All religions are not the same. The fourth argument that we're all going to face is a good God won't send good people to hell. I hear that all the time. Tim, what about people that are born in tribes, in nations that have never heard about God? God's not going to send them to hell. Okay, well, there's two problems. Problem number one, you overestimate people's ignorance of God. Number two, you underestimate people's ability to see and recognize God. Romans chapter 1 is very clear. You can't look at the heavens. You can't look at the stars. You can't look at creation and not know God. He has made it clearer. He has made it clear for all mankind. Wherever you live, when you look at creation, you can see God. When I'm driving my truck and it becomes daylight and that sun starts coming up and all of those colors, I don't have to have somebody teaching me the Bible. I am aware of God Almighty. I am aware of His hand in my life. As the sun begins to go down, those colors in the sky, that mist across the water, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You clearly can see God. Whatever tribe, whatever nation you're from, don't underestimate people's ability to recognize God. All in tribes, all in those countries you're referring to, have seen creation and have what's called suppressed the truth. Romans chapter 1 explains this. Anyone that looks at nature is aware of how God is, and we chose to suppress that truth. You don't have to read the Bible through and through to know there is a God. We did not get here by accident. There is a God. Nowhere in creation do you see two bulls raising a child together. You don't see that. You don't see that. Romans says you suppress the truth. Got a call this last week from a school, a Christian school that we're close to. Said a dad just came in this week. Eyes full of tears. I got to do something. I need to get my son in your school. What's going on? My third grade son came home from school today with his textbook titled, Little Johnny Has Two Daddies. And we got to come out. Little Johnny has two daddies. To that, I look and say, no. No, 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 no. Little Johnny wouldn't be here with two daddies. He got a mama somewhere. He's got a mama somewhere. So we got people putting a suppression on the truth that Romans tells us is clearly evident with all of us. Nowhere in nature, in creation, nowhere do we see unorganized, self-generating to organization. 
Science recognizes this, and they teach the law of entropy. Everything is on a downward spiral unless acted on it. For there to be a design, there has to be a designer. A design does not happen accidentally. For there to be a plan, there has to be a planner. A plan doesn't generate accidentally because of the law of entropy. I use this jug all the time. I keep it in my office. I'm going to have to move on. And I was thinking about maybe somebody taking this while I preach and shaking this for the next two billion years. And if you would just shake this for the next two billion years, let me know at what year an iPhone comes together as this plastic and this metal bang together. And then, whoa, look at that. An iPhone self-generated by just cells and molecules hitting. It doesn't happen because the scientific law of entropy explains truth. You can't look at creation. You can't look at the solar system. You can't look at the makeup of the human body and think in two billion years, all of this just time plus chance happened. It's very interesting. Science that teaches us the law of entropy then turns right around at creation and tells us time plus chance of cells accidentally banging together produced organization. Creation reveals God. To every person on earth. Creation reveals God to every person on earth. And when a person begins to turn their heart and pursue God, God sends somebody to them. In Acts chapter 8, an Ethiopian heathen is pursuing God. He's pursuing God. He wanted to know. He wanted to know. And God saw a heart that was turned toward him, an Ethiopian And miraculously, God sends Philip to share the gospel with this Ethiopian. In Acts chapter 10, a Roman centurion, Cornelius, wanted to know God. And God speaks to Peter in a vision and sent him to Cornelius' house. The disciples in Acts chapter 19 of John the Baptist, they wanted to know Jesus. And God miraculously sent Paul to teach him. Whenever God sees a heart that wants to know him, he will get his word to them. So the saying to me, Tim, there are tribes that don't know God. God's not going to send them to hell. You have made two, pro- two, two wrong thoughts. First of all, you have overestimated people's ignorance of God. Everybody knows God. Some have suppressed the truth, but everybody knows God. Number two, you've underestimated people's ability to recognize God because you don't look at creation and not see God's handiwork. Romans is clear on this. We can't continue to suppress truth. Those people in those tribes that you say, that as an excuse to God sending somebody to hell, it doesn't carry water. The bottom line is if you believe that all people will be saved regardless of their faith, I want to make sure our church understands this, if you believe that all people will be saved regardless of their faith, you will have to deny Jesus, you will have to deny God, and you will have to reject 100% of the Bible. John chapter 3, verse 18, Jesus speaking of himself, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged 
because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Church, if Jesus is wrong about these key issues, we can't trust him on anything. The message of the Bible is the foundation of the Christian faith. And that message is that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And when we begin to share the gospel message to this culture, you're going to be accused of being intolerant, hate-filled, and prejudiced. The problem with Jesus being one of many, many ways to God is that Jesus claimed to be God. John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. John 14, 8, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Mark 2, 5, Jesus claimed to be able to forgive sins. Matthew 16, Jesus claimed he would conquer death. Matthew 25, Jesus claimed he would return to judge the world. It's very simple. Jesus didn't leave us with the option that he was a good moral man and one of many ways to God. Christianity does not allow for selective obedience to God. Jesus said broad is the way that leads to destruction and many go that way. Nara is the way that leads to heaven, few that be that find it. We will always be in the minority as we guard the faith and we share the gospel message. The majority will always be led by a carnal sin nature. I want to end with this story. Suppose you were on a plane that crash lands. The cabin fills with smoke. Lights go out. It is pitch dark, smoke filling rapidly the cabin. No one can see the way. And a flight attendant at the far end of the plane starts waving an emergency flashlight, yelling, this way out, this way out. Would you stand there and accuse her of being intolerant? Because she insists that's the only way out? If someone grabbed you by the hand in the darkness and said, follow me, would you shake your hand free and accuse that person of being hate-filled, narrow-minded, intolerant? Today, I can't force you out of a dark plane filling with smoke. But I can say, Follow me, there's only one way out. Y'all stand with me. Today, maybe you're right here, and you've suppressed the truth. You have just suppressed the truth in your life to allow your sin nature to gratify its lust. Today, you've suppressed the truth about God. Today would be a good day. Today would be a good day for you to turn that around and stop suppressing truth about God. Father, today, we honor you, and we acknowledge you as Lord. We acknowledge you as Savior. We acknowledge you as Creator of all. Today, we follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. 
If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.